0: And it happened to me that I was in Argentina and I was dreaming about the Slovakia. And and I was in Slovakia and I was dreaming about Argentina. So it's, it's
1: really, it's a mess <laughs> for the immigrant. <laughs> this is Naslovensko I poanglicky. I'm your host, Jeremy Hill. That voice you heard in the intro was my friend from Argentina. He, like many other migrants, struggles with finding his place in the world. The conditions that compelled him to leave his home country are still present, At the same time, as a foreigner in Slovakia, he must contend with all of the challenges that we've discussed so far in this series. So he is faced with a set of choices. Move back home and live the best life he can in the midst of an economic crisis. Or stay in Slovakia where he must continue the lifelong process of learning Slovak and deal with the isolation many migrants face here. or. Find a welcoming Spanish-speaking country just so he can start all over again. These choices are what we will be discussing in this episode. This is the 10th and final episode in this series I am producing with support from Fusion, where we attempt to offer an overview of the migrant experience. We have explored the questions, Why do people move to Slovakia? What are some essential features of the migrant experience? And why do some eventually leave? Throughout this series, I've spoken with 32 wonderful migrants about their experiences of living in Slovakia. At the time of this recording, only two of them have left the country. This isn't to say that all of these guests are content with their choice of living in Slovakia. Some suffer greatly, but have few options for leaving. Others have made peace with a home that has not yet accepted them. Well, some have put down roots, seeing a great future for themselves and their families. Success for any given migrant is neither total nor guaranteed. Every individual has unique challenges and advantages. One's mother tongue, skin color, country of origin, personality, and socioeconomic status all factor into each migrant's ability to integrate and find a life worth living. When migrants find that life in Slovakia has become unbearable, or they see opportunity elsewhere, they are faced with a deceptively simple question, should I stay or should I go? So, let's look at this decision making in progress. Our first guest is from Mexico. He has asked not to share his name, so we will just call him Michael. Seven years ago, Michael moved to Kushitse with his Ukrainian wife and his first child. Both he and his wife were well-traveled. Michael had lived in Japan and the United States for many years, so they had plenty of experience as migrants. Here is our conversation. Uh, so what was the, the first year like for you? Uh, you were both uh, immigrants,
0: yeah so well that's that's where it's uh, get interesting uh, the first year was kind of like a little bit interesting you know everything is new yeah everything's new and you're writing that like a little kid you know that uh, sense of exploring and finding out things but by the second year we realized okay this, there's a little bit of a different taste to it um we were able to just kind of like ride along and and ignore the the signs of you know not not being very welcoming to to foreigners in the sense of you know friendships and letting you into their families and all this we, we kind of like made made a few scattered friends here and there and mainly Ukrainian related. Uh, what really changed the tone was when the war started we were living at a house where you know for the previous year where we were living there already the owner had been very um just not friendly at all you know making any excuse possible to to increase rent to tell us to, to warn us about repairing costs, anything. Any she, So my wife was starting to get really annoyed. And the war came. For a week, all her family came, fled Kiev. And within a day, the house was filled with kids and people. And to my surprise, the neighbors, you know, took it to the, like, this is the last drop. Neighbors literally on both sides of the house 'Cause we were in these little houses where they share the walls. There's this, this rule here in Slovakia, I don't know how enforced it is in Bratislava on the West, but here after ten PM you're supposed to be absolutely deadly quiet. And they do take it to the level of you're making noises, your kid is crying and I'm a call police. They took it to the level where they complained to the landlord that there were people living here, you know. And the contract obviously says you're not allowed to have people other than these four people listed, which is my family. So one day I come back from work and the landlord is there and she literally forces her way into the house. Like she forces, you know, there wasn't a physical struggle between me and her, but the husband was in front of her and I was just like, "You, you cannot go into my house. And she said, this is not your house. And I said, I'm living in this house right now, even though it's not my property. I'm paying the rent for it. And she says, sorry, let me in. She pushed me. She pushed the house. She went in. She saw my wife's family. She came out and she says, that's it, you're out. And I told her, they're from Ukraine. They're refugees. Do so you understand this? And she says, I don't understand Slovak. Talk to me in Slovak. And we had been plenty plenty in communication in English and when she said this for me was you know it it you, you reach an emotional level where you cannot yeah uh, well that's how it happened to me I I couldn't I couldn't understand I couldn't understand what was happening I couldn't I couldn't believe it was happening while it was happening and you know within a few weeks she gave me the some document, bepovet, I think it's called, where she she's officially telling you um, you have to leave the house. So we we left the house.
1: Uh, so uh, what happened after receiving the uh, eviction notice?
0: Well, okay, yeah, the eviction. So my what my lawyer suggested is just instead of paying the last month because she owed me two months of deposit, at least the last month. Don't pay your rent. I said, are you sure? He says, it's your best chance. So literally, that the rent was due on the 25th. And on the 26th in the morning, she's ringing at my door. And I didn't open. I just let her rang and rang and ring. I was already packing up all my stuff. You know, the house was empty. And she rang for like 10 minutes. And then she, she opened the door with her key and went inside and I'm inside and I say can you please leave and she's like where's my rent and I said I'm not going to pay you the rent and then it got really really weird because then she started taping and she says I'm going to call immigration I'm going to tell them what you're doing I'm going to call your company I'm going to tell them how you're behaving you're going to be gone It it was I've never experienced anything like nowhere at any point did it came to be that oh you're you're foreigner but she did say at the beginning of the contract a year before that she says you're foreigners and I don't know how long you're gonna be here and because you're foreigners I need to increase the rent so we actually ended up paying a hundred euros more every month because she said you're foreigners so on top of that she pocketed the two months of the deposit when I and on top of that I gave her Back the house uh, a few weeks later after this event in pristine condition, like, it, like painted, everything clean, everything working, absolutely uh, as a house can be, you know. And she went with a magnifying glass, literally, crawling on the floor looking for stuff. And what I'm trying to tell you here is the, the one experience that I had with one person. But by then, I had been living in Slovakia for five years. It, it's kind of like that drop, the last drop in the glass. Yeah. Where you hear little bits and pieces here and they're like, oh, wh- wh- why are you here? And and wh- why are you in Kosice? Why are you in Slovakia? The, you you get a kinds, of, kinds of comments like people get surprised that you're actually, as a foreigner, living here. And beyond that, there's nowhere... there there was never a welcoming sense or or feeling like you know in that house I had two neighbors with both families two kids each family the same age as my kids same age and not once I had a hey hello I'm you know my name is these are my kids nothing nothing and it's obvious that I'm foreigner. My face yells on all sides, foreign. And, you know, it kind of like made me realize in that when I had that experience that, you know, you know, what lasted for a few months between the eviction and all this, it, it realized there has to be this level of xenophobia. You know, I started with a psychologist kind of like helping me to manage my anger. And she said, you know, this is this is flat out xenophobia. You know, that they're not comfortable with the foreigner family. I don't know if it's hate or racism or whatever, but it's just they're not comfortable. And you hear. Left and right, oh, speak Slovak, please. You know, when I go to the post office, these ladies get annoyed when I don't speak Slovak, they, they truly get annoyed. They they're like, you know, shrugging their shoulders. Going, like sorry, I can't help you. you. Know one out of ten will make the effort to try to oh you know call the somebody next to her and do you speak English or you know so, something that will be in the term in the realm of let me help you out. Let me try to understand. The rest is just like sorry you know can't help you won't won't make the effort. So um, add to that. The fact that Yakovshchik yeah, is a very small city, a little bit isolated from the rest of the West, I don't really feel like I'm living in Europe. I thought I was coming to a European country within Europe with borders and it would be okay. Now I know this is not Western or what we call West Europe. Yeah. Even though it's Central Europe and geographically it's in Central Europe or whatever geographically you can tell me whatever but the mentality does feel you know 40 years in time and that has made me to clearly make my decision that i will not stay in slovakia for the you know long term you know for for the time being i have my job pays my salary pays the bills so i i haven't looked into buying a house for sure People, people tell me why are you still renting you should buy a house and you know that cements my future here. And that's the one thing I'm not doing. Yeah, for the time being, I'm just kind of like keeping the door open to move to a... The only thing I... Okay, the only thing that keeps me here is my my job. And as a non-European, it's hard to find jobs somewhere else. So I'm looking if going back to Mexico, but there's my personal situation with my family, with my wife that, you know, they want to be in Europe. So I'm just kind of like looking for options there.
1: Of course, not all migrants leave Slovakia due to such pressure. Many come with the expectation that they will leave one day. This was true for our next guest.
2: Yeah, so I'm Anna Spentech. Um I'm from New Hampshire originally, and I moved to Bratislava in November of 2017. Um, prior to then, I had done some you know, kind of solo travel in um, Central and Eastern Europe. Um, after I graduated from school with a writing degree, I did not really know what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I wanted to travel. So um, I had a few opportunities um, to volunteer as an ESL um, teacher. And then I did um, some Workaway programs. So Workaway is basically... uh, this exchange um, where you can offer to do work for a family abroad in exchange for food and board, um, which is great when you're uh, traveling on a budget <laughs> um, and looking for experiences to make it worthwhile. Um, so, yeah, I was traveling on my own in Europe for three months or so um, and blogging at the same time. Um, and that ended up being sort of my writing portfolio that I would show potential employers. Um, and yeah, while I was abroad, um, an opportunity came up. Um, so my parents, um, we're friends with one of the founders of the Slovak Spectator. Um, so to give a little background, uh, as a family, we lived in Bratislava in the 90s uh, because my mom worked for the British Foreign Office. Um, so we had a few connections there still. Um, and yeah, my mom was sort of mentioning that I was interested in traveling, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to write. Um, and he offered to just sort of reach out and see if the spectator had any openings. Um, and it happened that they did, they um, were looking for a new, um, copy editor. Um, so I was communicating back and forth with, um, Michaela Terenzani who was the editor in chief at that time. Um, and yeah, we, we basically struck a deal and I, um, moved to Slovakia in November and started working for The Spectator, mostly as a copy editor, Um, but I got the chance to write as well, which was um, a really cool experience. And I certainly didn't expect to go into journalism, um, but I absolutely loved my time there and got to um, meet some interesting people and hear some amazing stories. So it was cool.
1: so i guess you had a lot of reasons uh, to stay in slovakia but you did decide to to leave um and was this always in the cars you were just uh, um, buying more time to stay um, before you came home or or what made you decide to go back home and, and why then
2: no, so I, I think I, I knew I wasn't going to stay in Slovakia forever. And um, my husband also um, is a traveler and he wanted to um, experience life in a different country. And we just sort of came to that decision together. Um, but obviously, the pandemic kind of derailed some of those plans. Um, and yeah, originally, we were looking at moving to the UK, actually, Um and that didn't really work out. Um, the UK is not necessarily a place uh, where a foreigner can easily find work, <laughs> even though I'm half British. Um, it, yeah, I, I didn't have any luck finding the right job. Um, and yeah, as as much as I loved my time in Slovakia, I knew it was time to leave. I just um, didn't, I felt like I had gotten everything out of Um, you know, my time at the Spectator and the country in general. And I was starting to feel too comfortable again. And that scared me a bit. Um, I wanted to challenge myself and see what else I could learn. Um, I want to gain new skills. And I also, yeah, I missed home. And I think you have to Leave for a stained amount of time to realize how much you love your you know your home country. Um, so yeah, we we started to look at um where to move on to, and it just so happened um, uh, in New Hampshire, um so my dad works for the state, and he saw this job posting um for uh, the Secretary of State's office. And I applied, thinking there was no way I was gonna get a call back you know, it was definitely, definitely a reach, I would say. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they decided to interview me. And, um, again, going into the interview, um, I didn't really think anything was going to come out of it. Um, but at least I could say I tried and, um, yeah, I was kind of shocked when they, um, called me and offered me the job and it all kind of fell together very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I decided to move to the U.S. Um, obviously, the tough part of that is my, my husband stayed behind. Um, we were going through this fiancé visa process, which unfortunately didn't come in in time for our October wedding. So after we got married, we had to reapply for this marriage visa, and we're still waiting for that to um, come to fruition so we are in sort of a a long distance um (laughs) marriage right now which is certainly not ideal um but we're getting there (laughs) but yeah so that's sort of how I ended up here um but certainly I have a deep love for Slovakia and I think now when I get the opportunity to visit I'm seeing it with fresh eyes again and Mm -hmm. you know The little things I maybe used to take for granted have a magic about them once again. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a very special country.
1: Right, right. Well, what do you miss the most?
2: Um, You know, it's weird. I actually, one thing I really miss is um, my daily trolley bus ride from... Uh, to, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, you know, now I drive to work and that's a very common thing in this area. Everybody has a car. Everybody has to drive. Um, but in Sava, it's very easy to get around on um, public transport. And yeah, even though it was a short trolley bus ride, I, I would just... I loved that, you know, I would always sit in the same seat. I'd uh, read a few pages from my book. I'd look out the window and it was kind of that daily, um, meditation that I needed to like really make the most out of the day. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like I don't necessarily have as much opportunity to do that here. Um, but yeah, I, I miss the routine things and I miss the cafe culture and just walking around old town and listening to how, um, you know, heels click on the cobblestone and that the sort of stuff that makes you feel cozy inside, I guess.
1: I'm curious, uh, what was the transition like going back home? Yeah, you'd lived here for four years. Did you have reverse culture shock?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I moved back uh, one week before um, I started my new job. And in that week, um, I had to find, well, I stayed with my parents for a while, but I was looking for housing in uh, Concord, the capital where I work. Um, And I bought a car. I've never owned a car in my life. (laughs) And I remember going to the car dealership with my mom and, um, you know, negotiating this crazy expensive, uh, car loan. Um, but it, it does give you a lot of freedom. So that's, that's been pretty cool having a car. Um, and yeah, I think, um, there's definitely been reverse culture shock. Um, certainly watching the news and hearing about shootings almost every day that never gets normal. Um, it's not surprising, unfortunately, but, I think one thing I didn't miss about the U S is the gun culture. Um, and yeah, I think, um, also just being around a lot, a lot of, uh, native English speakers felt weird for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think in general, I'm still kind of getting used to being back home Mm. and realizing that life continued when I was gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and life in Slovakia is continuing as well while I'm not there. And that's always, I think, a little hard at first to get used to. Um, But that's just kind of like the reality of being somebody, a transient person, you know, moving between different countries and such. Um, But yeah, it's crazy to think I've been here for over a year now. I can't believe it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for newly arrived migrants in Slovakia?
2: Um, Yeah. I would say, um, don't be afraid to embarrass yourself. <laughs> so I think um, when you're a foreigner and especially um, you know living in a country where English is not the main language spoken, it can be a very uncomfortable thing to um, try and communicate in that language as you're learning it. Um, and nobody likes that feeling when you're trying so hard to communicate in that language, and people are giving you strange stares, and they don't understand what you're trying to say, um, it can be a very uncomfortable feeling. But I would say it's it's worth feeling that, um, t- and really pushing yourself outside of what's comfortable um because that's the only way that you can really experience fully what the country has to offer um and yeah i would say don't get discouraged um it it takes a while to make true connections i would say um and i think sometimes especially with american culture people are very friendly and it's a very normal thing to walk down the street smile at strangers say hello That's not so common in Slovakia. (laughs) You might get some uh, strange looks if you do. So I certainly did. Um, But I also found when you took the time to make a connection, um, in my case, you know, with Slovaks, once you make that connection, it's very genuine. And when you befriend befriend a Slovak, it's almost like you're befriending their whole family. (laughs) Um, And yeah, the level of hospitality I experienced in Slovakia is very hard to match and I think that's a big part of the reason I stayed much longer than I anticipated Um, but yeah I think anyone who wants to move to Slovakia go for it I mean not a lot of people do that unfortunately not a lot of people even know where Slovakia is so uh, go ahead and be different.
1: Anna's story may be familiar to young professionals. Opportunities can present themselves back home or sometimes abroad. Our next guest followed love to another foreign country to start all over again with a fresh perspective.
3: Hello, I'm Aneta. Uh, I'm from Poland. I came to Slovakia in 2016 because I found a job in Slovakia. I just had a really crazy thought in my mind in 2016 that I will go abroad um, and work abroad. Uh, and uh, I got the offer from uh, Slovakia, which I accepted, uh, and spent three really nice uh, years living in and working in Bratislava.
1: So the culture is, is quite similar, but did you have any trouble adjusting to life here?
3: No, not really. There are things uh, that are different uh, and some things were just uh, not what I expected maybe or not what I was used to. Uh, but maybe it's it's just a fact. Now I'm thinking about that. It's, it, it was just a matter of like getting out of your comfort zone um and and doing things on your own without any friends because i i just didn't know anybody in slovakia i just came there and and made friends which i also found uh, very easy and uh, not only with uh, other polish people because there is a community of polish people in Slovakia. Um, Funny enough, I met a friend from my hometown working in the same place I did. Um, but also uh, with Slovak people, I, I made loads of friends uh, with them uh, and uh, plenty of people from basically any country I can think of, even from Brazil. Uh, so I, I was really maybe just lucky or maybe blessed. <laughs> Uh, but I'm I'm only speaking for myself. I found it very easy to to meet people and and uh, get on well with them.
1: Well, during your stay, you you met uh, the love of your life. Uh, you did you get married in Slovakia?
3: Uh, no, no, and I'm not a fan of getting married at all, oh, so see. that will not happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you did follow uh, your love to the UK right?
3: I did yes exactly but I think the decision I wanted to move out from Slovakia was made before I met uh, my partner Uh, because 2018 that was the year was a year of some bad decisions I made some very unlucky situations for me too Uh, like everything started breaking uh I lost my card. Um uh, I had a bad breakup as well. Uh and, and I just wanted to I thought I, I will move somewhere else and I will start from from beginning. Uh and then then I met Mark, my partner, and and that made easy uh to, to make that decision just happen <laughs> put in life. Um, so I moved to, to the UK, uh, from Slovakia because in 2018, I thought (laughs) I was, uh, not happy in Bratislava.
1: Is there anything that could have kept you here?
3: Um, at that time, probably no, Mm -hmm. nothing because I was so much in love (laughs) that I did not, uh, I did not think about anything else but because I moved to a Brexit UK mm-hmm. um, not everything was uh, so easy as it was in Slovakia. So comparing uh, those two things when it comes to uh, living and working that is like uh, heaven and hell I would say. <laughs>
1: How about other things? Um Culturally, is it is it more difficult to, to live in the UK? Uh,
3: yes, it is because in Slovakia, I have not heard any stereotypes about Polish people, or mm-hmm. maybe just one that, "Oh, we we drink a lot." Uh, and and Slovak people are always asking me to bring them Polish vodka when I was coming going home, <laughs> uh, but not nothing else. Maybe it's because our countries are very close, and our cultures are quite similar. Uh, so are the languages. Um, but I, I never had a a problem of of uh, anybody from from Slovakia telling me something bad because because I'm from Poland, and uh, and same, I think is with uh, with working uh, in Slovakia and working in the UK so in Slovakia maybe I was just lucky I, I'm, I'm again repeating this I'm speaking only for myself but I worked in three companies in Slovakia in all of them I think well I felt like my experience my education and my skills were really appreciated and I think I was just I felt welcomed there and um uh, i think it did boost my confidence working in slovakia in all those free uh, free companies um uh, whereas now I, I don't think it's uh, i don't think it's the same uh i would say in in the uk if you don't have the education and experience from uh england you're not very you're not considered a grade uh, employee. Uh, and in Slovakia, I think the, the attitude towards foreign people working for uh, your company, especially the big companies, uh, is, um, is very different, but in a positive way.
1: Uh, so Slovakia was your, your first foreign country to live in. Uh, did it teach you anything about uh, being a migrant, something that's helped you um, living in the UK?
3: um oh that's a really good question i never really thought about that but uh i think living in slovakia taught me how to live just on my own because i came to slovakia not knowing anybody i had nobody to help me and it it teaches kind of independence in a way that oh i don't know this this city and it's a big city um I don't really know the language. I don't know if people are speaking uh, English. Uh, and, and I was just, I think I was really curious and I was very happy about exploring everything um, in Slovakia, the culture and the people. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to, to meet people that were really open, open to help as well. Uh, and I made uh, friends that I'm I'm still friends with, and I think they'll be for for a lifetime. Um, so one of the girls I met is going to be a godmother of my uh, son. <laughs> so I'm hoping this is for for a lifetime. Um, so I, I think that's that's the thing I um, um, I got from Slovakia. Uh, is just trying to get by on your own, really?
1: Do you have any advice for newly arrived migrants?
3: Be patient. give yourself time and give that city time as well because you may fall in love with with some little things and uh, that are happening in different seasons and be open, open to uh, foreign people living there from all countries and be open to to slovak people because they are really great maybe it's a stereotype as well about all the slavic countries that people are not really tolerant and and conservative but you, you can live with this stereotype and and be just you know have your own opinion before meeting somebody but when you when you have a blank, blank page, and and you meet um, some of the uh, some of the people that were born here, and living for for years and years, you, you can just uh, you, you can feel at home sometimes because I think Slovak people are really really welcoming. I had neighbors. That were inviting me uh, to their houses. The lady that I was renting the flat uh, from, uh, the lady from the agency I was using to to find the flat, I, I, I was uh, invited to to their houses, and and they were so nice. We're still somewhere in touch uh, on on Facebook in in the messages. Uh, so all my all my memories about people, maybe not men. <laughs> are really um, really nice and now speaking about uh, about them and thinking of some of them uh, it makes me really uh, loved
1: i hope that it has become clear over this series that while there is a common thread running through our experiences as migrants no two lives are exactly alike This fact is not always well understood by the native-born population. However, we must start somewhere. That is why this series was created. This overview was meant to serve as a conversation starter. We want to introduce some general concepts so that people can start to see this nebulous group called foreigners as a collection of individuals. From here we can begin to show the uniqueness of our experiences so that we may be viewed as humans, not just foreigners. That is all for this episode. I want to thank my guests, Michael from Mexico, Aneta from Poland, and Anna from the USA. As I said before, this episode and my series on migration were created with support from Fusion, a program of the Milan Šimečka Foundation. Their goal is to create a platform for migrants living in Slovakia whose voices should be heard more in our society. Fusion hosts the Fusion Festival and, with the cooperation of migrants and their communities, organizes other events around the country to showcase the art, projects, perspectives, and stories of these lesser-known people. To learn more about their events and hear the stories of other migrants living in Slovakia, visit fusion.sk, that's f-j-u-z-n Also follow them on social media, I'll link to them in the show description. While this episode marks the end of this overview, it is not the end of Na Slovensko i Po anglitski". I will take a little time off, and then start work on a new set of episodes. I would love to hear from you. If you have any stories to share or want to offer some feedback on this show, please visit my website at nsapapodcast.eu. There you can find my contact details. Please rate and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. It really helps. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next season. Take care.